Hello, 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 ladies and germs. Welcome back to another episode of Good News, Bad News, More News Sports. Um, it's just me today. Would you believe it? Would you believe it? It's just me. Hold on, I'm trying to get my sound effect going. Oh, hold on. Usually Finn does this. Instant player? Oh, I'll say that again. I'm the only one in the studio right now. <laughs> Finn, for you listeners at home, you guys are never going to believe this. Finn is at home watching his sister because his parents won a sweepstakes. I didn't even know they did sweepstakes anymore. They won a sweepstakes to see Death Cab for Cutie. I feel like I'm, I've heard of them, but... Apparently they're big with fifty-year-old uh, British people, so uh, I, I, they won a, They literally won. They submitted, and now they're off to Britain for an entire week. And Finn had to stay home, extending his spring break to two weeks, which is just like, honestly, the most ridiculous thing I've I've ever heard. Um, but yeah, he's gone. So, you know, a little impromptu solo episode. I've rode solo a few times for you, longtime listeners. Um, it usually happens like once a season. You know, stuff happens, life happens. So I'm always really happy to hop in the studio and fill into Finn's place. Um, but, you know, I it's uh, it's just not the same without him. I wonder what Finn would be saying right now. Probably something about basketball. Speaking of basketball, the NBA is approaching its final game. It's uh, I believe it's Easter weekend is when the cutoff is. Uh, still very fierce in the West, looking like, the five through ten seeds. We got the Thunder. Mavs are currently out. Pelicans playing. They're a game behind being in the playoffs. Warriors securing a big home win against the Pelicans last night. They were down, I believe, 20 at half. And then they came back, which was phenomenal, of course. Warriors fans holding their breaths. Clippers, they're at a five, about a game ahead of the Warriors. I'd say they're probably solid in the playoffs. But, you know, you got the Nuggets. I believe they just beat the Pelicans tonight without Luka. Um... You have the Pelican, oh, man, Thunder. The West still stays uh, stays competitive. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to talk about basketball today because there also happens to be another sport that just happened. That's right. We're talking about the all-American sport of baseball. <laughs> Give it up for baseball, ladies and gentlemen. I just like Houston sound. <laughs> yeah, baseball started. Um, totally crept up on me. My beloved Detroit Tigers lost today, zero to four against the Seattle. Uh, not the Seattle Mariners. Sorry, I'm thinking of Finn right now. He's on my mind. I, they lost to the Tampa Bay Rays, four to zero. Uh, apparently, there's been some rule changes to the MLB, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but it seems like they decided to go with a little bit more of a what's the word? Time friendly. Rule change, I'd say. I was made unaware of the rule changes um, just because I was so focused on following the NFL rule changes, which I will also cover later in the episode. But uh, uh, apparently they they added like a bunch of new like revolutionary stuff all at the same time. And if history has ever taught us anything, it's that adding a bunch of revolutionary stuff that will change the game all at once will always, always work out. So to that that being said, we start with probably the biggest one, which was adding a shot clock but like a pitch clock to your pitches. So pitchers only have 20 seconds per pitch. And with a base runner, they have 15, or it might be the other way around. And the batter also has a batter time as well. 
in which if the batter is not in the box and ready to hit within like 10 seconds after the pitch, they get a strike. Can you believe that? I swear to God, baseball games, I remember I remember last year I was sitting in class. I would watch my baseball games just kind of game cast it up. I would have a three-hour class, and like the game would start right at my three-hour class. And by the time it was over, it was at the probably the like seventh or sixth. I shit you not. The Tigers game started at 11. I pulled it up on my computer, did some internship stuff for like maybe an hour, and it was already the seventh inning. It is just insane now. They are chugging the game along. It is inning after inning after inning, high-flying action. It's I don't – I've given it some thought. All, my roommate Ollie has been talking about how it's more advantageous for advertisers and getting able to squeeze more ads in between the innings and whatnot. Um Actually, I watched the Giants-Yankees opening game. Watching it, it just kind of was like – it was just baseball sped up. It was it was fascinating to listen to. And um, I I just – I was so fascinated to see how this affected it, – it seems like such a minor change, you know, the shot clock, the pitch clock. And then when implemented, I just – you can really notice a difference. It's kind of almost revolutionary, game-changing thing. It was almost like I was watching a new game, um, which is good. And personally, I'm, I mean, baseball is my first original passion. I grew up watching baseball. I have a lot of fond memories of sports, watching baseball on the couch with my dad, go Tigers, yada, yada, yada. But as I've grown, excuse me, as I've grown up, I've just kind of, kind of strayed away from baseball. So I think, I think now with this new rule implementation, it's going to be something that I'm, I'm going to be personally watching with. I don't know Finn. I don't know about him. I have to check with him about these sports rules and whatnot, what he thinks about it. But I'll be keeping track of it. And, uh, you know, you can tune in. You can trust Good Bed more for any know-whats and, you know, hot takes and whatnot. I mean, I'm just – it still baffles me that they would do that. They also changed the shift, believe it or not. Now, this one was a little bit more complicated, so I'll try to explain it to you guys in Layton's terms. It took me a while to understand it. But basically, using advanced statistics – ball teams were able to determine when a certain batter or where a certain batter would hit it. So let's just take a player like Aaron Judge. Hypothetically, he was hitting it to the right field and through the right line 99% of the time. Now that meant that teams were able to just load up the right and just leave the left open because obviously when Aaron Judge would get it, you know, make contact, it would go to the right 99% of the time. They actually banned this shifting to adjust to these statistical patterns. So now everybody just has to be planted in their spots. Even more so, infielders are not allowed to leave the sand. They have to have two feet in the sand at all times before a pitch is thrown, which is also incredible as well. So there's no shift. There's a pitch clock. Games are going significantly faster, more offense heavy. And uh, opening day, I have to say it went pretty well. You know, Houston lost their first opening day game in over 10 years. Yankees continue their win streak. Um, I have to say some notable outliers. I believe uh, the St. Louis Cardinals new pitcher, Wilson Contreras, just got clocked in the knee with a fastball, which is so unfortunate but hilarious because, you know, someone has to fill in for Yachty, legendary Cardinals pitcher who just retired, probably first ballot Hall of Fame. You know, he... He's stepping up. He got traded. They specifically picked out Wilson Contreras for his replacement. And, like, literally in the fourth inning, he, like, shattered his patella. Like, poor guy. I feel so bad for the Cardinals fans, all the Cardinals fans out there. I'm, I'm rooting for you. But 
that is not the focus of today's episode, although I really do love talking about baseball. You know, it's something, I'm like an old man. I can just chat about that and golf probably all day because, you know, it's, it's pretty casual stuff. But today, we're here to focus on GBM's one true love and passion, and that, of course, is football. Yippee, we're talking about fantasy football again. Hold on, I'm going to pull up my laptop. I have a huge script. Everything's scripted down to the breaths and the ums, so I'm really, really excited for this one. But anywho... We're going to be talking about free agency, probably the biggest, well, I would say probably the biggest, most eventful free agency in recent memory. I mean, it's been everywhere in the news. If you've been paying any sort of attention, even if you haven't, like, I feel like so many big name stars have been shifting and moving around. And that's just kind of indicative of what the state of the NFL is right now. I mean, if they want more high-profile trades. Players are staying at their teams like for shorter amounts of time. They're bouncing around, trying to win championships and whatnot. Championships. <laughs> but they're trying to win championships and whatnot. Ever since, I believe, the L.A. Rams just kind of brought all that star power in and won the Super Bowl, I think that just kind of set a trend. And now everybody's out and about trying to get onto the best team they can, evidence being, I mean, Jalen Ramsey to the, uh, the Dolphins. We, we'll cover that, obviously, later. And, of course, the... Fingers crossed, Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay, hopefully to the Jets. I feel like he's jumping ship. I think that patience is growing slimmer and slimmer by the minute in the NFL. And uh, today I wanted to go down and kind of recap every single free agency move up until this point, March 30th, 30th, 2023, just to be this kind of benchmark for you guys out there. I don't know, I don't know about you fellow listeners out there, but I've just been so busy. Like, there's just so many things. There's so many things that you got to keep track of. I mean, we're in a recession, so gas prices are going up. You got to think about, you got to think about gas. There's big stuff on your brain, you know? You know, eggs, there's no eggs. But we hear good news, bad news, more news sports are making it our top priority for you to, you know, use this as an escape. Focus on sports for a little bit. Let the relaxing, soothing sound of my voice talk about the Arizona Cardinals who get a D for their free agency. D for didn't do anything significant. Arizona Cardinals added one linebacker, Kazir White, and that is it. Resignings, Corey Clement, guard Will Hernandez, fellow guard Kelvin Beecham, and resigning kicker Matt Prater, former Lions kicker, rest in peace. But their losses are a little bit more... I'd say noticeable. They lost Edge Marcus Golden to free agency. Robbie Chosen Anderson walks, so obviously that's bad. Cornerback Byron Murphy, exciting young talent, but now is walking into free agency after his rookie contract. And interior defenseman Zach Allen, all low, all are walking away to free agency. Arizona has yet to sign any of them. Although I think that. Robbie Anderson was, I think he was released. But for me, the Cardinals get a D, nothing significant. They're not addressing anything. I mean, I don't blame them considering the new organization that they just brought in, especially considering Cliff Kingsbury was just fired. I mean, he was fired, uh, I believe, three weeks ago. Um, God, can you imagine that? They were on hard knocks for, like, the season, like the mid-season hard knocks. And, like, imagine just seeing Cliff Kingsbury just, like, totally – fall down into the shitter and just like lead a team into the abyss and then you get fired and that's like that's your legacy oh man poor Arizona Cardinals Kyler Murray I, I hope he's doing well with his recovery playing lots of Call of Duty maybe Overwatch ranking up who knows um Atlanta Falcons B for bro the Falcons are a competent franchise key additions Taylor Heineke from the Commanders a good backup to 
Mariota and uh, Sam Sam Howell. They're uh, Desmond Ritter. God, I'm so proud of myself. Desmond Ritter, who was showing some flashes, but they let Marcus Mariota walk, I believe. So Taylor Heineke backing up the Falcons, now young, second-year quarterback. The biggest signing was safety Jesse Bates from the Bengals. They made him the most paid safety in the entire league. Um, they got him for a good deal. Might have been a bit of an overpay, but the Falcons secondary now is looking a little bit more threatening, I'd say. I would love to see them. I give them a B just because it's pretty good. Some good, solid moves, but I'd want to see them do some more. They added tight end Jono Smith after losing Hayden Hurst, but unfortunately, I just don't think that's going to be enough. They need some sort of run game, better guards and trenches, especially considering they, I believe, let walk a couple of their guards. They did re-sign a couple of their tackles and guard Chris Lindstrom, who showed flashes last season, but I would be looking for the Falcons to make some sort of a splash. Um, not bad, though. Baltimore Ravens get a D for Dang. Why didn't you sort out a deal with Lamar Jackson? It can't be hard, and um, it is that hard. Apparently some new rules or old rules have been in place that are just kind of getting in the way of Lamar Jackson signing a new contract, and now it was revealed that he requested a trade back in the beginning of March, so he has theoretically been a free agent with the, I believe it was $20 million franchise tag that the Ravens put on him. Last player to be traded with the franchise tag was Brett Favre at Green Bay back in 2006 or 7, and he was traded to, everybody knows, in Division, Minnesota. So, you know, Lamar Jackson's looking to break the trend, probably has a hefty price tag, but, you know, my take on it, I just don't think he fits any in anywhere right now feasibly. I mean, he could be... The only few teams that I see for him were the Lions, but now the Lions aren't able to take him because they're going with Goff. I'll get to that later, but I just don't think of any feasible systems where they could bring him in and he would succeed immediately, you know, which is just tough. And he's a fantastic player, but with such a mobile, you know, you have to, with such a mobile, accurate, dangerous weapon, like you need to be able to have the facilities to build your team around Lamar Jackson. And a lot of the teams just don't have that right now. And I do feel bad for him. He doesn't have an agent though. So I feel like him fielding the market may not have been as adequate as he may have wanted to. But, you know, I still think Lamar Jackson could have a good year on the Ravens. And if there's not a lot of bad blood between them, which there kind of appears to be, but, you know, you can you can hardly tell nowadays. When the money, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks and Lamar Jackson gets paid, I don't think there'll be anything negative. But for now, they have no key additions, and they just kind of re-signed some of their back backfield uh, re-signed Justin's Hill and uh they let's see here it says here they re-signed Trayvon Mullen and Geno Stone just some low lives no some, some low names um Buffalo Bills moving on get a B for bare minimum to stay a relevant team some key additions include Damian Harris hopefully the Bills will be able to get a le- legitimate competent running back wide receiver Trent Sherfield guard Connor McGovern and uh oh yeah backup <laughs> Backup quarterback Kyle Allen from the Texans. We love that. Big re-signings, though. That's where they made the biggest splashes. Safety Jordan Poyer, you know, always just kind of a cornerstone of that defense. Linebacker Matt Milano, another good, solid deaf player. And punter Sam Martin, who's actually kind of sneaky really good if you care about punters and that kind of stuff. Um, this offseason, though, I would just be on a, on a lookout for a Josh Allen contract re-signing and a Von Miller deal, too, because 
I feel like those two kind of go hand in hand. Josh is going to get his bag eventually. He's still on his contract, but, you know, Von Miller is priced per CBS. They're pricing it at around $23 million minimum for Von Miller. So if they want to keep one of their biggest linebacker threats, they're going to have to start to get moving. Carolina Panthers get a B- minus for bye-bye future picks, but hello, new quarterback. <laughs> uh, I'm having fun. Some key additions include Adam Thaleen from the Vikings. Um, that didn't really come as a shock. I knew his contract was up, but uh, it's just so sad to see him go like that. Never won anything uh, with the Vikings, which is a shame. Saints quarterback Andy Dalton, and probably the biggest fantasy implications here, running back, from the Eagles, Miles, Kilometers, Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. I absolutely love this for fantasy teams. He is immediately shooting up to that wide, uh, like, you know, low end, RB1, RB2, especially with a rookie quarterback. You think you, you, you want to believe that the rookie quarterback isn't going to be throwing a whole lot, whoever they get. I was just trying to think here. Um, the only way I don't see this working out is if they take Anthony Richardson. <clears throat> Excuse me. The only way I don't see this working out is if they take Anthony Richardson, which could be bad, um, especially from Miles Sanders' pr- perspective. For the Panthers, that'd be great. I mean, he's a phenomenal talent, but in terms of the offense, I believe that they've gotten some good guys. They have a new wide receiver one and running back Miles Sanders, and now the first-round pick. Now, might how you ask, how did they get the first-round pick? Great question, which leads me to the Chicago Bears, which get an A for it's a miracle that the Bears made a competent free agent move. Uh, the big pick, they this is probably the blockbuster behind the inevitable Aaron Rodgers, but the big blockbuster was the Bears trading their first overall pick to the Panthers for their ninth overall pick, which is fine. They already have their Justin Fields. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to get a good, solid defensive lineman, you know, this draft is really deep but in return they get the future first round pick of the Panthers and they also get stud amazing wide receiver DJ Moore who is now on the Bears uh fantasy wise I don't think DJ Moore is going to be incredibly productive he I believe when he was real he he just it's just a shame because he's never really had like a great quarterback to throw to him and utilize his talents because he's like you know deep threat big guy climb the ladder if they can make good accurate throws he just kind of needs a pocket guy but unfortunately Justin Fields is not that so I'm interested to see how DJ Moore would adjust but you know he's still going to be he's still on my fantasy radar I want to see how things develop I'll be watching Bears training camp a little closely just to see how that chemistry develops this also unfortunately plummets the stock of other Bears receivers namely Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney other notable picks was uh, just given some some bolstering to the receiving core of the Bears, one of the worst in the league last year. They signed, uh, of course, DJ Moore and Robert Tunyon. So I'll be looking for that. Um, I think they also signed someone else. I'll have to think about it, but I believe they signed another receiver. Cincinnati Bengals, B for barely did anything, but, you know, got a good deal for Jesse Bates. Uh, key additions. Their biggest one was definitely tackle Orlando Brown from the Chiefs. Hmm. I think they've got a good deal on it. They paid him 50 mil for like five years. And for a tackle of that caliber, it's great. I'm glad they're giving him some, you know, Joey Burrow, some added protection. I just don't know how much of a difference a guy like that will make, but we're going to have to see. Uh, and guard Cody Ford from the, uh, the Cardinals. And they've only re-signed Jermaine Pratt. Now, I only give him a B because 
they've been a little bit I'd say inactive, but I don't I don't blame them because they are looking I think an anal- an analysis uh, analysis uh, analysts, thank you. Analysts are looking to watch for a potential restructuring of Joe Burrow's contract, a Jamar Chase extension even past his rookie contract, and D- T. Higgins especially looking for a new contract, as I believe his contract is up. I'm going to have to double-check that, but not now. They don't have a lot of cap space, so I think, especially with the Orlando Brown signing, we're just going to have to be on the lookout to see what these guys do. So, for now, they get a B. Cleveland Browns get a D for being the Browns, and I hate them. Uh <sighs> They got nobody. It's just like it's the Browns. I don't want to talk about them. Dallas Cowboys, F for finally Tony Pollard time. Cowboys would actually, you know, naming stake aside, they get an A. Key additions, oh, my God. Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, re-signed Donovan Wilson and Leighton Vander Esch, brought in some good guys, brought back some good guys in the trenches, Tyron Smith, and re-signed everybody's favorite, Cooper Rush. But... I think the biggest thing for me was the fact that they were able to commit <laughs> to a running back. Now this is this is for this is switching into fantasy mode here because they released Ezekiel Elliott, which is good. He was weighing him down. He was costing them too much. He wasn't producing. And more importantly, they're letting Tony Pollard finally cook. I feel like the narrative around the Cowboys uh, fantasy-wise has just been not letting poor Tony Pollard rot away in the backfield. Everyone knew he was the most talented back, but nowadays I think times are changing. Things are good now. I cannot wait to see Tony Pollard own that backfield. It is finally his. He never has to split a backfield again. And oh my goodness, RB1 status immediately. I'm putting him high up in my running back rankings. You'll be hearing about that later before probably later in the the year towards may once the free agency kind of bubbles down and everybody has their rosters and whatnot but aside from that they now even made their defense stronger with stefan gilmore veteran from the colts via trade they got him for a fifth round pick which is incredible but i just i don't know if they're gonna win because you know they got a man called dak prescott at quarterback so I don't necessarily think that winning <laughs> going further than, you know, the divisional round is in their in their future. Denver Broncos, C for close, but not enough. Key additions include Samaj P. Ryan, you know, running back Phenom from the Bengals that filled in for Joe Mixon once he was injured. Uh, let's see here. A few guards, they're trying to, you know, build the trenches here. They're really trying to build a good line to, to have Russ be safe. But I still don't think it's enough. Um, big signings, probably. The biggest one was Mike McGlinchey, Mike McGlinchey from the 49ers and Ben Powers from the Ravens. Both really solid veteran guys. We're going to be good in the trenches, but you're not addressing the problem. <gasps> Excuse me. You're not addressing the problem. Um, Sean Payton, by the way, new coach. He seems to really want to invest in Russell Wilson. But I just don't think he hasn't addressed any of the significant issues on the team yet, specifically who Russell Wilson is throwing to, considering Cortland Sutton is now on a free agency bid. We're going to have to see how he develops. Usually receivers go a little bit later in the year. And uh, Jerry Judy could potentially be looking for a trade. So I'm just like, I want to see them do a little bit more in terms of addressing what the big issues were Namely, that offense, and I just don't think the offensive line was necessarily 
that big of a factor into their record last year. And now finally, oh, my beloved Detroit Lions finally doing something right. A, for I'm not, bi- <laughs> I'm not biased whatsoever. Just kidding. Um, I will try to put my biases aside and just give you the facts, and then I will let you guys make up your own mind. But the Detroit Lions signed primarily defensive players. Their big offensive signing was David Montgomery, a three-year deal from the Bears, which means they let Jamal Williams walk, which is sad. But they got a now two-headed backfield with the beast, the myth, the man, the legend, DeAndre Swift as a slasher and David Montgomery as the bruiser. Similar things to what we saw in New Orleans back in 2018. Think Alvin Kamara, Mark prime Mark Ingram type deal. Both talented young backs, Swift 23, Montgomery 25 years old. Got him for a good deal, solid ball player, someone I want on my team and not playing against because he torched us last year when we played him. I believe it was in the November game. He had a fantastic couple fantastic runs. Great to have him on. Biggest signings, though, came in the in the uh, the secondary. Signing Emmanuel Mosley to a one-year $5 million deal, you know, widely regarded as a steal from Niners fans that I've talked to. Just a great guy. Didn't play very well, but unfortunately suffered from a lingering ACL injury. So with that amount of money, I'm willing to take a chance on him. I feel like that'd be good. Um, Cameron Sutton. That's right. He was the first big splash of the Lions free agency tirade. Got him for three years, $33 million. Had one of the lowest completion percentages out of any cornerback in the league. He's going to be our cornerback one, which is phenomenal. And now finally, C.J. Gardner-Johnson from the Eagles led the league in receptions with six last year. Big part of the Philly secondary. Got him on a steal deal for one year, $12 million. I believe it was only eight, maybe $8 million too. We're just going to have to see what he does, but he's got a free safety to the Tracy Walker strong safety who is now back from an unfortunate ACL injury. So now we have Tracy Walker as the strong, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, as the free on the outside, uh, Amani Oruolo, Kirby Joseph, Amani Oruolo, Jeff Okuda, Will Harris, brought back Alex Anzalone, and finally, my favorite, because I have his jersey, Marvin Jones Jr., back on a one-year deal, replacing DJ Chark, who was tra- That's where he went. That's it. I was trying to think about the other receiver the Panthers signed. It was DJ, or it was, uh, DJ Chark. I totally forgot about that. Anyways, but... It was just great. And uh, also, I saw re-signed defensive lineman Isaiah Bugs and John Kaminsky, John Kaminsky, both excellent compliments to Aiden Hutchinson, which I'm really happy about. Good to see the Lions supporting their young guys while also giving the veterans some cred. It's just, you know, really positive. I'm super glad, super glad to see it. Uh, moving on, though. You know, Lions gushing aside. Moving on, we got the Green Bay Packers, and I just kind of left them at, as uh, incomplete, considering Aaron Rodgers has yet to be traded here. Um, I mean, they haven't really, they haven't done anything. We're just, we're just kind of eagerly waiting, holding our breaths. Aaron Rodgers is still playing for the team. Uh, he's still on contract, so there's no necessary grade to give them just yet because I feel like that, rightfully so, dictates how they will be judged based on their free agency. Houston Texans, however, sneaky B-minus for 
building a functioning team here. Key additions being Dalton Schultz, one of the big tight end prospects on the Cowboys, and running back Devin Singletary on the Bills, another steal one-year deal. Other guys include safety Jimmy Ward, another strong secondary or uh, second string guy. Case Keenum, good mentor, really, really seasoned veteran. I mean, he's been everywhere. Um, if you remember, he had a good stint with the Vikings. Love that guy. Case Keenum, good for whoever they're going to pick, probably quarterback. Robert Woods from the Titans, another seasoned veteran. Noah Brown from the Cowboys. And uh, looking at that, that's pretty much the big signings, except, well, you could say Brown, maybe Sheldon Rankins from the Jets. He's he's a pretty good steal. Low-value deal, but, you know, other other good guy. And so I look at this this free agency for the Texans, and I, I can kind of start to see a, a, a real attempt at the franchise trying to support and build a new team around whatever QB prospects. I would love to see Anthony Richardson go to the Texans because he just totally seems like that kind of guy. He, I think if there's anybody capable of lifting this team up out of mediocrity and just kind of lifting their spirits, it's Anthony Richardson, just someone who you know, is popular. He's a star already getting a lot of buzz, a lot of attention. Um, you know, I'm just excited to see how this all works out. And as much as I love Davis Mills, you know, I think it's time to move on, unfortunately. But I think the biggest fantasy implications is whoever they draft at quarterback. And I'd love to see Dalton Schultz have some, some productivity, Devin Singletary and uh, Damian Pierce probably be a a good split backfield. I'd love to see how this works out. And Robert Woods, of course, continuing his illustrious second-string wide receiver two career. Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts, D-minus for don't really know what's going on here, guys. Jeez, key additions, Gardner Minshew, and that's it. And they lost... <sighs> Wait, shoot, what's his name? Stephon Gilmore. They lost poor Stephon Gilmore for a fifth-round pick. I mean, like, they're, you're not going to be able to fish, fix all of your issues in the draft. I don't know what they're doing. Are they just completely blowing up and tanking again? Like, I just, ugh, whatever. Jacksonville Jaguars see for a calm year after going ham last year. So, key signings, just bringing back uh, backup quarterback C.J. Berthard, interior, interior defensive man Roy Hobart Harris, and safety Andrew Wingard, and that's it. But, you know, I'm not shocked considering their last year's big big splashes that they made notice notably christian kirk for a five-year 79 million dollar deal i think they're just gonna rock <laughs> with their team I, I think that they're confident enough they want a playoff game shockingly enough they want a playoff game they're ready to rock they're putting t-law on their back you know christian kirk zay jones the works travis Etienne. it's gonna be interesting look for travis Etienne next year by the way Kansas city chiefs for c4 couldn't be bothered to have changed their team with Patrick Mahomes' contract. I'm looking for them to pick up a receiver maybe, but I think losing Orlando Brown is not going to hurt them in the long run considering the talent they, the talent and depth they still have. They'll probably be drafting linemen this year, um, but other than that, nothing, nothing's, nothing special. Las Vegas Raiders get the first legitimate F for fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> God damn, it was so incredibly bad. Hold on, I went... Yeah. Yeah. Los Angeles get an F, Las Vegas get an F for just so incredibly horrible. They lost Derek Carr. He walked. They lost Darren Waller. Like, how can you do that? You have no franchise now. They literally lost their entire guys. Like, oh, it's so sad. And of course, they go out and they sign the worst quarterback prospect on the market. 
Jimmy Garoppolo for like a ludicrously high deal. So I'm just like, uh, I'm still dumbfounded at how they let this happen. Uh, so promising. Oh, supposed to be supposed to be Derek and Devonte. What happened, man? Fresno State represent. Well, the dream's dead. Anywho, uh, Darren Waller traded to the Giants um, after some tensions with Josh McDaniels. Believe it or not, allegedly Josh McDaniels leaked that Darren Waller and his wife, who plays in the WNBA, I can't remember her name right now. They got married, but they did in secret, and then Josh McDaniels <laughs> fucking leaked it to the press. Like, that's just a whole... Like, he's just being a bad friend. <laughs> and Darren Waller's like, okay, I'm out, and left for the Giants, which is sad for him. I love Darren Waller. I love Derek Carr, both as players and as people. Both really great guys, good stories. But now they're gone. Las Vegas now. Good thing they signed Josh Jacobs, because that is the only exciting thing about them. Uh, ugh, F. Los Angeles Charters. Chargers N for nothing of significance. <laughs> they just did. They signed in. What's his name? Let's see here. Ah, yes. Easton Stick and added Eric Kendricks from the Vikings, who was good. Los Angeles Rams get a. Mm, I'm, I'm really tempted to give them an F, but I'm going to give them a D. Added just tight end Hunter Long and guard Coleman Shelton. Um, I guess they're just riding with. Matthew Stafford and their 2020 team, but they're going to have to make a little bit of ground room up, especially considering they just lost Jalen Ramsey and have Aaron Donald, and that's it. So for now, Los Angeles, their inactivity gets them a D. Miami Dolphins, I'm going to give them a B. They've gotten a lot of hype with the Jalen Ramsey signing, but I'm just not convinced just yet. They signed Mike White as a backup, which is good. We all know Mike White is a great backup, good guy. I want to see that. And they're bringing back Raheem Mostert. Oh, no, just kidding. They are. Oh, yeah. No, they're bringing back Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and the gas can as well. So they're signing all their their running backs that they scrapped together just because they liked riding with it. So um, for that, I mean, the Jalen Ramsey is a great trade. He's a good player, but I just don't see him. I just don't think that's that much of a what's the word going to give them that much of an edge. I think that their issue last year was. A, winning on the road, and B, Tua staying healthy. So I think that they're probably going to be able to make it again, hopefully to the playoffs, but I don't see them getting very far. But for them, they get a B. Um, I'm done with the naming stuff just because I feel like I was getting a little annoying. Minnesota Vikings get a... I'm going to put, I have them as a D+, plus, but I'm tempted to put them at... I'm probably going to do a D, just like a solid D, just because... I wrote this a couple days ago, and as I've been pondering it a little bit, they just, I, I knocked them down just because they really haven't been able to keep up with their in-conference rivals. And, you know, the NFC North, they've just been making such positive strides and positive growths. It's like the Minnesota Vikings just haven't been keeping up, and it's almost like their lack of activity hurts them far more than it would, say, the Rams or the Chargers, you know? They added Byron Murphy from the Cardinals, which is probably their biggest signing, but that's pretty much it. Marcus Davenport from the Saints, too, which is a big signing, but I just don't necessarily see those guys, again, addressing their issues that they need. The Vikings, again, were put on immediate fraud watch. You need to get rid of Kirk Cousins, and you need to you need to have a little bit more support for Justin Jefferson, but... Um, excuse me. <clears throat> um... But yeah, they haven't. They don't have enough support for Justin Jefferson. I don't. I just. I'm like thinking about it still now. I think 
I would love to see them make some bigger moves for a larger cornerback prospect, anyone on the defensive interior defensive line, maybe a lineman. I'd be looking for them to draft maybe just like one solid guy next year that would hopefully put them over the edge because they're not doing anything with the free agency signing. New England Patriots key additions are Juju Smith-Schuster, Riley Reef from the Bears, one of you know hometown guy from where I'm from. They really do actually like this guy. Uh, James Robinson from the Jets, another great signing after losing Damian Harris. Mike Gusecki and Calvin Anderson, and for this I give them a B minus. Big fantasy applications being the loss of Jacoby Myers, unfortunately, who actually signed to the Raiders, which I neglected to say. But they had Juju from the Chiefs. And Riley Reeve adding a little bit more support. James Robinson finally now into a little bit more of a solidified running back one role, which is going to be great. But unfortunately, with Mac Jones throwing, I would l- don't hold your breath on Juju Smith-Schuster. James Robinson, on the other hand, could be a sneaky target. Same with Mike Gusecki, because in the red zone, um, oh shoot, Mac Jones. Jeez, I forgot his name. He's so forgettable. <laughs> Mac Jones really relied on his tight end. So Patriots get a B minus, you know, all right. New Orleans Saints, key addition signing Derek Carr, Jamal Williams from the Lions, rest in peace, and Kalen Saunders from the Chiefs, re-signed James Winston, Jawan Johnson, and defensive back JT Gray. Oh, and Michael Thomas. Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, I give them a – I want to give them a C. I don't really like the, the Derek Carr signing just for the amount that they gave him – 150 million dollars for Mr. Never Won Anything Derek Carr. They won this they won the competition for him. They like they got him. Congrats, you were the best suitor, but unfortunately, I just don't think that's going to pan out very well. Moving on, New York Giants get I'm going to say an A cuz holy shit, Darren Waller is just such a fantastic snag and they worked out Daniel Jones for I'd say a fair deal in terms of price per price per person and for his position as a quarterback as the New York Jets we're moving on just because we only have 10 minutes for the New York Jets I'm gonna give them a if it works out with Aaron Rodgers I'm gonna say I'm gonna give them an a B plus just for just for showing off being able to get all of those players onto a team that Aaron Rodgers requested for those who don't know Aaron Rodgers requested that they sign Alan Lazard Randall Cobb and a few others and they have gone out and gotten them so if they are able to make this deal work I'll give them an A but for now I'm gonna give them probably a B because they honestly got some <laughs> got some good guys if they get a quarterback to throw to them then that'd be great um re-signed Greg Zerline and Quincy Williams which is good they just got some solid some baseline guys which is great um Philly yeah not really significant give them a C signed Rashad Penny which is you know exciting fantasy wise but um, you know, Miles Sanders, I'd say the difference isn't as drastic as other people may make it out to be. Signed Marcus Mariota from the Falcons and re-signed Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham, unfortunately. Oh, and James Bradbury. Sorry, can't forget that guy. Um, and Darius Slade too. But they let CJ Gardner John Gon- uh, CJ Gardner Johnson walk, which was to the chagrin of many Phillies fans. You know, I I was reading some of the comments on the Twitter announcement that he was signing to the Lions, and a lot of people were not very pissed off, which is a good sign, honestly. Um, if he's coming to your team and people are pissed off about losing him, then that's a good sign. Pittsburgh signing Patrick Peterson from the Vikings. Oh, should have mentioned that. 
Vikings lost Patrick Peterson. Cornerback Patrick Peterson from the Vikings. Guard Nate Herberg from the Jets. And, of course, uh, what is it? Oh, yeah, Commanders. Sorry, couldn't read it. Commanders linebacker Cole Holcomb re-signing Larry Ajubi. Defensive lineman, Pittsburgh Steelers get a solid B, uh, just like borderline whatever. I I still don't think that they're, what's it called? I would love to see them maybe give a little bit more offensive line help, especially for Kenny Pickett if that's the guy that they're rolling with. But I just like, you know, the Steelers are again in an awkward position. They're just kind of aggressively mediocre, 8-9, nine, 9-8. Nine I'd expect them to finish the same way around here. They get a good signing for some they get a B for, you know, I think maybe making some signings that could make the difference, but they were able to just kind of fill the holes that they lost, especially court, um, Cameron Sutton by signing Patrick Peterson. Niners, I get an A minus, unfortunately, especially with that Jason Hargrave signing. And most importantly, backup quarterback Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold back now. Resigned Kevin Gates, Tayshawn Gibson, Tabor Pepper, and center Jake. Brendel. Um, Niners, unfortunately, you've done it again. You kept your team alive, kept everything good while making yourself, you know, a little better, giving yourself a little bit more of an edge with Jason Hargrave. Their defense is even scarier, so I don't even know how they managed to do that, but it happened. CLC Hawks key additions include defensive lineman Draymond Jones, Jerron Reed from the Packers, O-line Evan Brown, safety Julian Love, and a Again, big re-signing Geno Smith. I wasn't as thrilled as many people might be, but I still am going to give them a B plus. They went out. They did what they need to, and I think that the Seahawks knew that this wasn't going to be a big free agency for them, so they just kind of took care of everything, tied everything up in a nice little bow, and they're going to be looking for the draft for this. And um, I'm excited. This, you know, I feel like Seattle's future really lays in this next up-and-coming draft, so be on the lookout for that. Tampa Bay Buccaneers added Baker Mayfield to a one-year deal. Chase Edmonds and defensive tackle Greg Gaines. Key re-signings, Jamel Dean, probably the biggest, and Levante David. Um, I have them as a C. I'm probably going to just go with a C. Um, I feel like they, they managed their cap space really well, especially losing Tom Brady. I don't know if they're going to ride with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, but for now, I think they just did what they needed to to just barely stay alive I don't know what the future of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be and I as I was writing this I was that question kept popping up in my head of what's going to happen what it's just such a such a fascinating team where the future is kind of you know so unpredictable for them after last season so I feel like I would love to talk about that a little bit more I'm going to make a note of that Tennessee Titans get a D key additions was basically Andre Dillard a tackle from the Eagles, Aziz Ashalhir from the 49ers, kind of a sneaky, really sneaky good linebacker. I'd say not doesn't get a lot of credit as much as he should. Um, Morgan Cox resigned and signed Nick Westbrook Akeem. Um, I mean, like again, I don't know what they're gonna do. Titans, like they have no direction. Are they gonna ride with Ryan Tannehill? It just seemed lost. It just seemed misconstrued. Andre Dillard made no sense. Resetting Morgan Cox made no sense, and I just I don't know I don't know what they're what they're trying to gear for because if they're gonna go for you know if they're gonna go for a quarterback then they gotta start building with some young veteran some younger guys maybe some veteran wide receivers perhaps 
some linemen too to help him out, but it just doesn't seem like they have any sort of solid direction, so they get a D for me. Washington Commanders with our last team. Resigned Jacoby Brissett. Nice. Andrew Wiley from the Chiefs. Nick Gates from the Giants. Offensive lineman. Linebacker Corden Bartone. And cornerback Cameron Dancer. Big re-signings. Daron Payne, David Mayo, and, of course, Danny Johnson. We all love Danny Johnson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had that in my notes. I don't know who Danny Johnson is. But, Commanders, I'm going to say probably similar situation to the Texans. Give a B minus, C plus, just because they kind of are also a little bit lost in direction here. I would want to believe that they know what they're doing in terms of their future direction. They recently came under new management, and Ron Rivera has been giving a one-year time frame for just kind of being a, uh, a head coach, which is interesting to see how it's going to pan out. But I give them a C plus, B minus, just because it seems like they have somewhat of an idea in mind. Um, you know, hmm. They also had a big contract. I'm also reading this here. I, I just caught just caught my eye. They just gave they gave Daron Payne the second highest paid uh, contract, making him the second highest paid defensive tackle behind Defensive Player of the Year Aaron Donald. So I'm just thinking how they're spending their money. Um, hmm. I'm gonna have to get back to you on the Commanders. I feel like the Commanders, Titans, Texans, Patriots, and Buccaneers are all teams that I really want to talk about in the future, just in terms of like future direction. Obviously, fantasy implications is important, but um, yeah, very fascinating. But aside from that, I'll go from the top. <clears throat> We got the Arizona Cardinals with a D, Atlanta Falcons with a B, Baltimore Ravens with a D, Buffalo Bills with a B, Panthers B, Bears A, Bengals B, Browns, I didn't want to rate them because I hate them, Cowboys A, but F for finally Tony Pollard time, C- minus for the Broncos, A for the Lions, Green Bay Packers not available, B for the Texans, D- minus for the Indianapolis Colts, C for the Jags, C for the Chiefs, F for the Raiders, not available for the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, hold on. Let me get my spot again. Los Angeles Chargers get a C. Rams with the F. Dolphins with a B. Minnesota Vikings with a solid D. Patriots with a B minus. Saints with a C. Giants with an A. New York Jets incomplete. Could be an A. I would like to see them make this deal happen. Eagles with, I believe, C plus or B minus. Still on the fence about that. Steelers with a C, Niners with an A, unfortunately, Seahawks with a B, Bucks with a C, Titans with a D, Commanders for, you know, B, C. We'll have to see. But with that, this has been this your solo episode of Good News, Bad News, More News Sports. I have been Ryan, the permanent guest, part-time host. And of course, this has been another episode of Good News, Bad News, More News Sports, taking your fantasy and sports knowledge to the next levels. I'll see you later.